Voice of the Bombers, one-on-one with Mike O'Shea, the Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Good evening, everybody. 780-6868, the phone number and the text number. The show is brought to you in part by Bear Crop Science, science for a better life, and we're a night late to this week. We typically on a holiday Monday, we don't do the show, so here we are on Tuesday night. Let me start on this note, Mike O'Shea. Is it is it easier to lose a tight game that that you could have won than it is to lose a game where you you know, you just kind of get slapped around. Uh, both are bad. I don't know how to. I I don't know how to even um, answer that. It's okay. it's they, they maybe leave you with a different feeling. <clears throat> you know, this one, what I felt or what I thought from the guys was uh, just uh, a lot of anger. You know, about losing that one. Um, which is fine as long as we can move on from that that emotion and and get into one where we're learning from our mistakes. I looked at that game afterward, and the more I thought about it, I thought you almost. I know you lost the game, but in, this is me now. You almost did more good things than you did bad things in that game. Given that, and I guess when I say that, I'm factoring in the start where you know you're down ten nothing and everything's going wrong. And then you come back in, and, and I always take into account the environment that you're playing in because that's a tough environment to play in. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting. Down 10 nothing, it really could have been a much wider margin than that. I thought what we were doing right was our defense was standing on its head, you know, stopping Saskatchewan in, in tight quarters. So um, <clears throat> that, I thought, was positive. They kept it really within reach, and all you need is one. And I think I heard... Maybe Jordan Younger say that, or one of the guys yell that. You only need one, right? And and so it uh, it becomes ten seven, and you're right back in it. And the the feeling is is certainly um, flipped on the bench. And you know, hats off to the defense. They held us in during the little bit of an onslaught you faced in the first quarter. They played ten minutes and forty five seconds of the first quarter. In a, on a on an unusually or on a hot day, which maybe we didn't think was going to be that hot, and I just thought they did great, and then and they did well. I thought the rest of the game too, but even then they they missed some opportunities. I thought we missed, uh, you know, almost a handful of sacks. You know, when Fajardo spun out, yeah, of it. yeah, yeah. So, um, lots to improve on, but and I think that feeling we'll see we'll see tomorrow I, I'm not sure but we'll see tomorrow I think that feeling of anger has subsided and turned into something positive that you can use to learn with and you mentioned the time of possession in the first quarter and yet in the game you won the time of possession 33 minutes to 27 yeah I thought you know the the offense did a good job of of collecting itself and and Strev started seeing the pitchers like started seeing the the field better and um you know, defense got off the field a little faster, and it was it, it worked out. Adam Big Hill said on our post game show, "This is on us," meaning the defense. He said, "We, you know, they had an eleven play, eighty seven yard drive with the game on the line, and we did not answer the bell." I mean, those weren't his words, but words to that effect. Is that a fair comment from Big Hill? Yeah, it's it's what you would expect. I'd expect that to come from that room, from not just uh, from not just Biggie, but from a lot of guys. They would um, shoulder that uh, 
and 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 take the loss and and they'd be I think they're very upset because I thought they did they believe they played well pretty well throughout the entire game sure. minus 11 plays and and 87 yards but they they had their opportunities there too and and you 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 do have to give Saskatchewan credit I mean Cody Fajardo went 5 for 5 on that drive and and they rushed for you know we held them in check all game and then they managed to break a few tackles and squirt through a few gaps and next thing you know there's another 35 yards of rushing on that drive yeah so I'm watching William Powell make a couple of guys miss and then I'm thinking well William Powell's a heck of a back he can do that right that's that's not necessarily any fault of your defense he's just an excellent player who makes excellent plays and at the right time for them yeah. and the absolute worst time for us yeah Okay, here's a text from David to start things off. Two questions, Mike, and a comment for you. Uh, number one, has the league addressed the Rempel hit? And for the, I'll just describe it for those who don't know what happened here. First quarter, uh, Chad Rempel snapping, he's the long snapper, on a punt, and he gets drilled by Edwards of the Riders and has to leave the game and doesn't come back into the game. Um, has the league addressed that in any way? I'm sure you've, have you sent something in? I don't need to. The league, the league reviews pretty well. I think every game and every play, they look for things that were missed. They um, look for things that are going to require disciplinary action. Um, whether that meets uh, a standard for them to apply uh, some sort of disciplinary action, we'll see. We'll find out in the next few days. But you, know, you think it should? I, I don't know about anything extra, but. You know, I think, I think everybody knows how I feel about the play. I didn't like it. Yeah, you were quite, uh, quite animated on the sidelines. I know the people who were watching on TV saw you giving the officials a piece of your mind, and then you spoke to Dave or Craig Dickinson after the game. Do you care to share that? No, I thought that was that one was pretty calm. <laughs> you know, I thought I was, I was probably pretty hard on the officials um, <clears throat> at halftime, but. Afterwards, talking to Craig, it's, you know, the first thing is, hey, congratulations, you know. That's, they beat us. Mm -hmm. But your center, your long snapper was indefensible on that play, wasn't he? As some people are going to say, well, his head was up. Yeah, I don't But he wasn't in a position to defend himself. Yeah, my take on the intent of the rule, no matter how it's written, is, is you can block them. But you can't take advantage of them like that. Um, certainly, if you have a guy who's uh, very athletic and outmatches the long snapper after the ball snapped, and you can keep him at the line of scrimmage from getting downfield and participating in making a tackle, absolutely, have at it. But during that time frame of him snapping, I think you're, the intent of the rule is to make sure they're afforded some extra protection. David also says, I saw a lot of uncalled holding on Saskatchewan. Has any of that been submitted to the league? You know, it's been my experience through the years that uh, the more stuff you ask to be called, the worse off it is for you. I mean, holding's going to happen. I think we didn't play with enough physicality um, at some points. Uh, and, and when you do that defensively, you're bound to get held. you got to play with enough violence so that um, the opposition can't, you know, can't hold you. And David's third comment is that uh, Chris Streveler was making progress from the Edmonton game 
and he thinks he'll continue to get better. Did you see growth in Strevler's game? Yeah, absolutely. And, and growth in game, not just not just from one game to the next, but growth in game, which is um, which is exciting. I, I I do think a lot of Chris Strevler he is he's got a, a leadership quality about him. He's got a a ferociousness in the way he attacks the game, and and he'll certainly get better with with more experience. He is he is still young in our game and young in terms of age. Show is brought to you in part by Bear Crop Science, Science for a Better Life, 780-6868. We'll be back with the Coach's Show with Mike O'Shea on 680 CJOB. The Bombers Coach's Show on 680 CJOB. Welcome back at 780-6868. Text question. Actually, two questions, and the first one is a time count violation against the Riders with two minutes left in the first half and no loss of down. Uh, am I mistaken, or did everyone miss it? So I'd like an explanation, too, because I was taken aback when they didn't lose the down. Mike, what happened? Uh, well, they changed the rule this year to uh, give the um, non-offending team, or Team B as they call it, the option to either... Uh, put the offending team in a loss of down situation or move them back 10 yards. So it was never an option before. Mm-hmm. So now it's, uh, it was the reason I moved them back was because they were in field goal range. I thought we can get them out of it. And the other part of this question is a no yards penalty against the riders in Winnipeg's end zone. Got you upset or heated. Should the ball not come out to the 25 with no point? That was in the, uh, that was the single in the first quarter, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's the referee's discretion to call a 15-yard no-yards penalty, even with the ball on the ground, if the uh, kicking team doesn't attempt to give five yards. So our player was, just as he was taking a knee, was tackled mm-hmm. through the back of the end zone. Not, you know, not a terribly rough tackle, but there was no attempt to give the five-yard halo. So, you know, I just think they're... My opinion is if if there's a rule that they're never going to call, then it's not a rule. So just tell me that it's not a rule instead <laughs> of me thinking that that should be a 15-yard penalty and we should have had no point out at the 25, exactly. And at least I have the choice. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, it turns out to be a two-point game and I would have given up the point there anyway. Um, but I wanted to make the officials aware of their option. In fact, their duty to call that as a 15 yarder in case it came up again later in the game. Here's a text from Ken. Uh, coach, I have to give you full credit for the decisions you made during the game. They were gutsy calls, put us in a position to win the game. The one uh, call that I, Doug and I, when we're doing the game, we were... A little bit surprised. You were third and two, almost two, and I believe that was in the fourth quarter. And you went for it. What? Uh, and, and you've said before that it, it's kind of you, it's the feel you have in the game at that time. Explain. Was it in the fourth or the third? Um, no, I thought it was the fourth. I thought you were moving from yeah, our left fourth. to right. Yeah. yeah, I think we were right on that edge of of we were going to end up punting anyway, not kicking a field goal. Right. Yeah. So. 
You can punt and you could hope to pin him inside the 10. The ball might go in the end zone and you get a single that you don't really need or want and they get out to the 35 anyway or you go for it. And Our success rate on second and short and third and short has been excellent for the last number of years. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's a way to create something for your team too. You know, they you put your trust in the O-line and and they reward you, and then there's a, a real positive spike, hopefully, that they're going to get something done from there. Yeah. If you make those, they're gutsy calls. If you don't, you're a dummy, right? I don't see... I'd have to go back and look at the exact yard line, but I didn't see it as that gutsy a call. Our defense was playing well anyway and okay. and stopping them. And, um, you know, the, the O-line's prepared for that. I tell them at the beginning of every season, I'm going to put them in some tough positions and ask them to do some things that... Um, you know, put the team on your back and and move us, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so they know that. And the defense understands that if we take a chance like that, that I trust them to go out and make a stop too. Another text, uh, Coach Willie Jefferson's play seemed to improve at the same time the other defensive ends were out with injuries. Is Willie in the game for more plays in recent games than the beginning of the season? And I'm wondering if he thrives on extra work, oh, like a good tailback. You're saying he gets better the more touches he gets. Yeah, I could see that. I could see him, you know, heating up like that. But they, there, there does have to be a rotation. I mean, rushing the passer on, you know, 40 snaps a game is not easy. So um, there has to be a rotation. I just looked up that third and two, Bob. They end up getting a, an offside penalty anyway. Yes, they did. So but you made that, it. You made the, yeah, the first yeah, down. Yeah. yeah, we made the first down. Yeah. Um. Coach, I know this loss may have been a punch in the gut, but based on how well you guys played on Sunday, I'm confident you'll rebound in front of us fans next Sunday. Beat the golden chains off of those clowns. That's not me. That's a texter. And the riders have come up with this thing where they wear a a, a golden chain around their... Now, I think Manny Arsenal came up with it. and it I forget what the theme of it or what it says. Anyway, what... Um, Anyway, you know what he's talking about, yeah? Don't you? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a big play chain. I forget yep. what it says. Something resist average or yeah, something like something that. Yeah, something like that. Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I like about this, Bob, is is you can make this is radio. You can make up any text you want and say whatever you want. And say, oh, the texter just sent this in. That's true. I could do that. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. I wouldn't though. No, I know you wouldn't. You're, you are beyond reproach in terms uh, well, of. I don't know about that, oh, but no. I, I'm reading these as they come. Yeah. Uh, here's one from Reuven. Tough loss, coach. While watching the Riders' last drive, I felt our defense was playing as if they were trying to prevent a major score. Rather than a field goal, once you viewed the film, did you have the same impression of your defense's play in the last three minutes? Uh, no, I thought that uh, Saskatchewan made some plays and, and we just quite didn't. Um, and I thought there was, you know, there's a couple errors on the on that last drive that you'd like in any drive. This one's magnified because you have a lead and, and we end up losing the game with no time left on the clock. But... I think some of those uh, some of those plays, like like other plays in in a game, you just, just you know we'd like to have them back. We'd like a do over on those plays. It's just you don't get to. So um, no one's happy. I, I know that. And uh, the main the main focus now is making sure we learn from this and and you know harness that feeling and turn it into. Um, 
uh, you know, a memory that you can draw upon at another time to say, all right, this isn't going to happen this time. Okay. Another text. Hey, Coach CJ here. Any idea about going after some NFL cuts? Well, Ted, Danny, and Ryan are always looking. They, I think they went to every NFL uh, training camp as they usually do. They've written reports on on guys from every NFL team that were potential cuts, um, and now they're trying to round up those players for our practice roster expansion mm-hmm. and and see uh, who's going to be available to come up. The interesting thing is now with, uh, you know, in all honesty, with the XFL, some guys may choose not to come up because they want to uh, wait and, and try and get their opportunity there in that league. And it's sometimes if guys are young, they'll, they'll wait two or three times. They'll get cut two or three times, um, you know, two or three years in a row from the NFL before they'll – make a commitment to come up so but they they our guys are are working hard and i don't know what it'll turn out to be in terms of um nfl cuts coming up here for us some of the um, cflers who were in the league last year who were in nfl camps some of them got a lot of them got cut but a lot of them have agreed to practice roster agreements down there too so yeah yeah and some of them are going to be starting soon yeah well sammy guavin's going to start for miami yeah deontay spencer's going to be returning kicks for the broncos right Okay, the show is brought to you by Bear Crop Science, Science for a Better Life, 780-6868. We'll be back to take your phone calls and texts on the Coaches Show with Mike O'Shea on 680 CJOB. The Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Brought to you in part by Bear Crop Science, Science for a Better Life. Grant, you're on the Coaches Show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead, Grant. Yeah, I'm just asking a, a question here for you and your coach, uh, I notice these guys, the defensive linemen, they wear these big gloves, and they can't seem to grab the quarterback when they have to. Is that a problem with this, or is is or I'm losing it, or because when I played football for the Nomads, I never wore gloves or nothing, and I was able to grab the guy and take him down. Now I don't know. That's my question. Okay, we'll let the coach answer that. Uh, the, the gloves these guys are wearing now are are so highly tackified. I don't think they have a problem grabbing the jersey whatsoever. So um, it's it's the technology now that's gone into the gloves is I can't believe anybody can even drop a pass. <laughs> you know that's how sticky these things are. Well, I see one of your linebacks drop the pass right in his hands, number <laughs> five there, and he was looking at his hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he usually catches those. He caught one in practice that week. I think that's what he was looking at. Well, I'm just saying those gloves. Yeah. those gloves. I don't know. When back in the day when I play, I didn't need gloves. That's all I got to say. Okay, Grant. Okay, appreciate the thanks, call. Grant. I do like the look when you see guys that don't wear gloves and don't wear tape. You go, okay, that guy's got something different going on in his head. <laughs> all right, Grant. Appreciate the call. Um, you know who's getting a lot of love around the league. Uh, this year, and uh, boy, has he ever deserved it in my view. Drake Nevis, I, everywhere I go and people I talk to, they're all talking about what a great season he's having and how well he's playing, Mike. Yeah, he played well last year too. I just think guys didn't, people didn't notice him, but he's he's a force. He's absolutely a force. He, he shows up on film um, every single game with, with a, like a, almost want to call it a feat of strength. <laughs> you know, the way he moves an offensive lineman out of the way with a with one arm, a little club action he uses. Uh, it's it's 
his teammates really appreciate it, and everybody loves seeing the, the film clips when he just tosses guys. I, I mentioned to Doug on the broadcast Sunday, I said, man, Drake Nevis is sure having a good season, and I don't think enough people notice, and Doug says, well, I do, because Doug loves watching yeah. those guys, and he knows how well Drake's playing. Uh, hi, Mike. Well, it's halfway, this is a text, it's halfway through the season, things are not perfect, but they're looking good. What would you say are the most significant improvements in the team since last season, and what does the team still have to work on heading into the last half? Ooh. Well, I, I think we've tried to improve in, in all areas. Uh, I think our understanding of of the game defensively is 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 pretty high. I think our athleticism on the defensive front is is pretty good and their their concept of team and getting things done for their teammates is is at an all time high, right? They're they're all in and all in for their teammates. Um, I think the development of our of our young players has come along quite nicely. You know, we are s- starting some very young, talented players on the interior of our offensive line, and and we're still rushing the ball at a tremendous pace. Um, those are all very positive things. Here's another thing that's interesting: our receiver blocking. So our our perimeter blocking by our receivers. Um, and our, I guess, our return game um, have both improved tremendously, and and they've been an area of focus. I'm, I'm very excited by how our receivers have have stepped to the plate in terms of trying to push guys around and get those extra yards for us. Where do you need to be better? Is there a specific? Could you point to one thing and say this is what we have to really work on? Uh. No, I don't think there's any one particular thing. I think the, you know, if I were going to focus on one thing, it'd be the process, making sure our guys are learning and still improving in-game. Like from the first quarter to the last, are they learning something that's going to help them in the fourth quarter? Mm-hmm. And then post-game and, and prior to the next one, are they taking the film that they've watched and and put it into practice and learn from it. Don, you're on the coach's show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead, Don. Oh, hi there. Uh, hi guys, Bob and uh, coach. I want to congratulate you. First of all, on Sunday, I think that was a win for us. Um, guys may not see it that way, but there was a lot of, like Bob said earlier, I think there was more pluses and minuses that came out of that. Um, one thing I wanted to, to ask is late in the game, we gave Saskatchewan a chance to move the ball down the field. And I know that, you know, you were saying that there was just some really good plays that were made by Saskatchewan, but I felt we were in early a mindset and also a defensive set of almost a prevent defense. Um, you know, we were we allowed uh, their quarterback to get seven yards, and that was kind of the basis of, of them marching the ball down the field to eventually being able to score a, a field goal. Now, you're a defensive uh, guy predominantly, what are your viewpoints on that? Well, earlier in the show, I also said that we made a few mistakes in that drive that that you know our players would like to have back, and um, you know the quarterback running for seven yards was is an interesting one to look at. You know, that's we we let him out of the pocket, not just on that drive, but we let him out of the pocket a, a few times in that game where we had him dead to rights. So um, <clears throat> certainly, n- nobody on the field in that drive is is happy and and. Um, I don't think they had the mindset of of 
prevent. We we did send zero blitz at them a couple times in that drive and had success on one of them, and we didn't have success on another. So um, you certainly don't think it's going to come down to that, that they're going to drive 87 yards in 11 plays and basically put their best drive together in the entire game. So you do have to give them some credit, but I certainly don't think – uh, our guys were sitting back. Um, they, they certainly the play calling wasn't one that was sitting back. We did bring pressure, like I said. Um, we just have to execute the calls better and and understand the situation better. And I think our guys, you know, when I look at it, they did play hard on that drive. They they worked extremely hard. Just have to focus a little more and make sure we're we're more on the on the correct side of the ledger. Well defended. Well defended, Mike. Mm. <laughs> Congratulations once again. I thought it was a win for us guys, and uh, good luck uh, this weekend. Thank you. Thanks, Don. Derry, you're on the Coach's Show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead, Derry. Oh, hi, uh, Mike. I was uh, talking to a friend on the Jets about supplements, and apparently in the NHL, the teams supply the players with any supplements they want just to avoid the possibility of contamination that caught Andrew. Uh does the CFL do anything for players along that line? Yep, our club supplies um, three or four supplements, uh, standard supplements that would be sort of supplied across the league, I believe. But we we do supply our players with supplements. You still oh, okay. have a have a hard time stopping guys from going out and buying other supplements that they uh, yeah. believe uh, are going to help them. Okay, so Andrew is really very much on his own then when he no. when he went out. Yeah, they're never they're never on their own. Or they have there's a lot of information, and um, but I, I do I do say this that you know the the players they have access to that information. Um, you know, our training staff does a great job with that. Mm-hmm. It's still they're professional athletes, and they if they buy something over the counter, they they do believe you know and and. It's not correct, but they do believe that they're getting something that's going to be fine. And it's unfortunate because there is, you know, it's well documented that 20% of the supplements bought over the counter contain a banned substance. So they have to be very careful. Okay, Derry, we'll leave that there. Uh, Johnny Augustine, you, know, you brought up Andrew Harris. We haven't talked about Johnny Augustine. You weren't surprised at how well he did, were you? No, I, I wasn't. Um, you know, the, I'm sure... Uh, I'm sure the riders would say that that 55 yard run they sh- he shouldn't get, just like we say he that Powell shouldn't get the 15 yard run in the mm-hmm. last drive. Um, but Johnny earned that. He he made some good players miss. He was patient. He burst at the right times. He you know I'm I'm sure he wishes he would have scored. I mean it was a hell of a run by I think it was Micah Johnson that brought him down at the end. That was a a tremendous effort by by a big D lineman. Um, but Johnny also had some other good runs, and and what's I think really neat to note is I think he had uh, maybe one mistake in protections. So that's it. Eh? That's it. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's a good outing. He caught the ball too, uh, you know, and I know he wants to be better than he was this last game, and I fully expect him to be better, improve on that. But it's also a, a certainly a. Um, indicative of how our O line is, right? Our O line is a is a very good group. They play hard and they they want to see Johnny do well. And they were prepared all week to to make sure they gave Johnny a good game. 
Coach, a show brought to you in part by Bear Crop Science. Science for a better life. We'll come back at 780-6868 with the final segment on 680 CJOB. The Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Welcome back, Glenn. You're on the Coaches Show with Michael Shea. Go ahead, Glenn. Hey, thanks. You know, uh, Coach, I still think you're doing a great job with your coaching staff. I have uh, one question and one comment. Uh, my question is uh, for, for, for Chris Trevler. Uh, I remember some coaches in the past saying for young quarterbacks, they're used to throwing the ball when, they, the receiver is, when they see the receiver open. And I'm wondering with uh, more veteran, more poised quarterbacks, more experienced, they throw the ball where the receiver should be. And I saw Chris throw a couple of passes in the last game where he threw where the receiver should be. So I see that as progress. So if you could comment on that. And then my other thing is an observation. I noticed in the Calgary game that they were um, uh, protecting the signal caller, the defensive caller, or whoever is calling plays from the sideline because they thought that Edmonton might have been stealing plays. And on that last drive, unless the offensive coordinator was, he was unbelievable, but he seems to be calling plays when your defense was doing something that they're more vulnerable for. Yeah, I, I don't know that anybody's stealing uh, our signals. The interesting thing about the Edmonton-Calgary matchup was um, uh, J.C. Sherritt is, has you know left Edmonton this year as a player, retired, and became a coach with the Stamps, and now the Stamps are protecting their... <laughs> Their signal caller. So there's, you know, maybe where there's smoke, there's fire in that case. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I, yeah I, I don't know that that they had the perfect calls for us uh, on that last drive in Saskatchewan. I think we we needed to execute a little better than we did. Okay. Um, regarding uh, Chris Traveler seeing the game and throwing uh, on time and and to spaces where where guys are going to be. Um, yeah, I think he. I think he has improved on that, and that's not the only thing he's improved on. But um, interesting observation on your part, and I think that's a, a neat thing to think is that you see improvement in that regard um, because of that particular uh, improvement, which I think he has improved in that area. Okay, Glenn. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks, Glenn. For those who didn't see the Calgary Edmonton game, the Stampeders, I guess, felt that the Eskimos might steal their signals from the sidelines so they had these big cardboard placards that they were holding up in front of the the co- it looked kind of comical to me yeah i can't re- <laughs> i can't recall seeing anything like that i don't remember the last time i saw anything like that couple of texts uh, mike and they refer to the penalties 10 penalties uh, which cost you field position obviously three of them were on special teams which you'd been really uh, good at this year. Just your thoughts on that, because on our post-game show, you said that you didn't like to comment on penalties until you actually saw them again as to whether or not they really were penalties. Yeah, there's there's certainly, most of them were, and and that's not good. We, you know, we're still the least penalized team in the league, but not by the margin we were before, and 10 for 104 with one declined is, is not acceptable. Um, two of those penalties took us out of field goal range. Um, which is not good. Um, obviously, in a two-point in a two-point loss, 
you'd like to have those plays back. Um, that's not to say that those plays cost us the game because as once again, I think it's in a two point game. There's they're they're one play better than us, and you can pick any one of fifteen or twenty plays that that we could be better at, and that would change the outcome of the game too. So they netted out with one play better. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, ten play, ten penalties for 104 yards is is not good. The, what's interesting is you know the defense bailed us out a couple times, the offense bailed us out a couple times. I I went through um, the basically the play by play after each penalty, and I explained to the team what the outcome was, mm-hmm. what the eventual outcome was, uh, and the cost of that penalty. And I thought our our team did a great job of playing three phase football, and that is the next phase coming on and bailing us out or bailing a guy out from, from a penalty. And I say us bailing us out because that's what everybody's in charge of, right? They, they got to look after their teammates. And so if a guy commits a foul, unfortunately, you know, the next phase comes out and they got to have that guy's back and they got to make it work. We, you know, we, I I said this, the, you know, Medlock has a very unusual punt. You know, he's been fantastic all year and he just manages to not hit his best punt. Well then, uh, later in the drive, Biggie Mark, uh, Marcus Reels comes, tips the ball away from a, a a receiver, and Biggie's on point and catches the ball, and we get an interception, and there you go, mm-hmm. we're saved. So yeah. I mean, and 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 Medi knows that, like they, he goes and thanks the defensive guys. So I thought overall the cost, um, you know, I thought our guys did a good job of of fixing them after that we made these mistakes. The penalties didn't cost you the way they might have, is what you're fair to say? Well, usually with 10 for 104, yeah. you you're, you're should lose by more than two points. Yeah. Uh, here's one. Coach, can you update the injury status? He doesn't say who, but uh, let's run down these the, the people on your injury list. Matt Nichols? Yes, he's injured. Is he improving, getting any <laughs> yes, better? he's looking great. Really? I like the way he looks. He's good. <laughs> Do you think he'll be back anytime soon, like in three weeks, maybe four weeks? What, what's the prognosis? On yeah, I'm now? not going to put a timeline on it like that. Okay. Speller, Cody Speller? He's coming along. Uh, Brandon Alexander? He's fairly close, I think. Jackson Jeffcoat? Close. Uh, Charles Nelson? Is he season ending? No. No? No, I wouldn't say that. No. Jesse Briggs? Uh, he's got a little ways to go still. Pat Newfeld? Very close. Ooh. Yeah. You'd like to see him back in there, wouldn't you? Nothing against Drew Dejarle, but uh, Newfeld brings the, the experience. tremendous you can't experience. Replace, you just have a hard time replacing that experience. Yeah. Uh, here's a question. Good evening, fellas. To Coach O'Shea, the sack on quarterback Streveler from the blind side. Was this a protection issue or a missed read by Chris to not go to the hot read? Ooh. I'll say this, as I always say, there's 12 guys out there. Anytime there's a sack, all 12 guys play a part in it. So, you know, it's one of those ones where we have to be better across the board. I can I can picture that one right now. He, he took a hell of a hit, and the yeah. best thing is he hung on to the ball. He sure did. I'm, yeah. somehow, I'm not sure how he did, but he did. Uh, yep. We're just about out of time. The rematch on Saturday, you can't wait for it, I bet. Can't wait. All right. <laughs> That's it, folks. The show's been brought to you in part by Bear Crop Science. Science for a better life. We'll be back next Monday with another edition of The Coach's Show with Mike O'Shea on 680 CJOB.